Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The May edition of History Today features an article by Nigel Richardson, which looks at approaches towards the Maya in history. Can you, uh, when we're talking about Maya civilization, um, where exactly is that based? We know it's Central America, but what part of, of Central America are we talking about? Now? Well, I guess we're talking about what used to be known as Mesoamerica, which um, is the, geographically it's Central America, but it's the civilizations that existed um, in pre-Columbian times in Mexico, principally, but also in Guatemala, um, Honduras, um, Belize and uh, El Salvador, places like that. And what were the classic, what was the classic periods of this civilization? When did it reach its height? What were its origins? I guess the classic period was probably AD 300 to 900. Uh, So a city such as Palenque, for example, that was when it reached its height. And I think that's what's generally regarded as the kind of high point of Mayan civilization. And this includes the building of great cities, great temples, and... To the, to the uninitiated, it looks a little bit like uh, Aztec uh, culture. Um, it does. Um, it, it, I, I was actually interested. I mean, I have been to these, uh, these sites, extraordinary places. What interested me when I got there was to discover that uh, there were actually l- literally connections with the Aztecs in terms of trade and so on, which I hadn't realised. But they're quite distinct geographically. They're, quite, they're, they're, they're really quite a long way away. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they kind of, their height was kind of before the Aztecs, the, 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 the kind of points in history when they were the most, most powerful. Um, but nevertheless, there were those connections. And when were the first encounters? I presume the first encounters uh, with Westerners came uh, immediately after the conquest, the Spanish conquest. Of the, yeah, that's right. I mean, the, the, uh, I mean, this is what, was, uh, again, another thing I found really interesting was that... Um, the, the, the Spanish conquest, which, of course, was in uh, sort of from, from um, in, in the 15, uh, 1500s, early 1500s, um, the soldiers of the Spanish conquest and indeed the priests who were, who were kind of spreading religion as a way of also converting and controlling the people, they were very familiar with, with, with the work of the Maya and indeed recorded it and uh, um, quite extensively. Um, but... After that, there was a kind of dark age when people had no idea of, of, of what these places were and who created them. And in fact, they, yeah. the, the original encounters, they had some pretty bizarre theories about where the Maya had come from. Yeah, that's right. Well, these, the, the kind of general feeling after, after the Spanish conquest, and then we're talking in Europe in the kind of, I suppose, the, the, the 17th century um, and onwards, was... Uh, and, these were theories propounded by people who'd never been there, I remember. But the, the general idea was that these people, the indigenous people, were so uh, savage and primitive and so on that they could not possibly, be, possibly have been responsible for these extraordinary cities and temples and so on. And, and therefore, they must have been the work of, for example, Egyptians. 
Egyptians, everyone was, you know, by that stage people were beginning to be familiar with the with Pharaonic Egypt, with the Egyptians or the Phoenicians or the Carthaginians or the Greeks or um, even the Welsh. I think people um, kind of felt that the Welsh might have been had a, had a say in that for some in some way or another. Um, but but the one thing they didn't acknowledge was that it could possibly have been the indigenous people. And so you get a slightly more sophisticated approach on this from around about the late 18th century. Uh, one of the people you mention is Captain Antonio del Rio. And from, from there on, we have a slightly more sophisticated attempt to understand these cultures. Yeah, although, you see, again, that's very interesting because uh, del Rio, who was, who was um, actually carrying out the um, uh, research into this uh, beautiful city called Palenque, for the Spanish crown. Um, he, he went out, he was there in 1787. Um, but the report that he, he wrote was not published until 1822. So there was still a gap. There were still these kind of gaps of knowledge. But his, his report, um, which came about because there were so many um, travellers in the 18th century who were being, being regaled with tales of this fantastic city, his report was possibly the first to to um, uh, have a certain amount of accuracy and to give um, kind of credence to the notion that um, that uh, these people, um, these cities may possibly have been built by um, uh, people who lived there. The indigenous population. Yeah. Um, we've got some extraordinary images um, in history today of the city Palenque, which becomes very much the focus of the really serious research that takes place from the 19th century, mid-19th century, I suppose, onwards. And we have people like John Lloyd Stevens, who's quite an extraordinary character, an American lawyer. I think Stevens is the, is the key to all this. It's the beginning, it sort of represents the beginning of modern scholarship, really, um, because he'd, he'd uh, been in Egypt and the Holy Land before he went to um, Central America. Um, he took with him... Um, a draftsman, an artist called Frederick Catherwood, who was English. And they, between them, actually were the first people to uh, look upon these cities with a certain amount of, uh, um, sort of scientific background and, and scholarship and wrote about what they saw rather than what they wanted to see or expected to see. Um, so it's very much and, a kind of post-enlightenment uh, perspective here. Yeah, indeed, yeah. And um, so they, they, they wrote, um, or Stevens wrote a book called Incidents of Travel in Central America, Chiapas and Yucatan, published in 1841. And I think that kind of represents the beginning of the um, modern study of the Maya. And the images they produced are really quite extraordinary as well, aren't they? Yeah, uh, Catherwood, um, yeah, they, they, they were excellent, yeah. And uh, and the other thing that people um, perhaps don't appreciate these days is, is just how intrepid they were because... Uh, um, these places that they were visiting were, were in many cases uncharted, um, very difficult to terrain, didn't know what they were going to encounter. Um, no roads, no paths uh, in many cases. And uh, so the, the achievement in actually even getting there was extraordinary, uh, let alone once there um, applying um, kind of um, a certain amount of you know, scientific study and thought to what they were seeing. So um, all in all, really, you know, great achievements. Really. Because they, they must still be relatively them. difficult places to reach even now. Well, the, well they are actually. I mean, I've been to them and they're pretty, uh, they do feel pretty remote, especially this place called Yaxchilan, when the only way to get there is along the use of the Minta River, which is, forms the border between Mexico and Guatemala. And you, you really do feel that you're going somewhere that no one's been before. 
quite a, there's a funny tale attached to that because um, uh, there was a uh, after Stevens and uh, and Castlewood, there were all sorts of um, Europeans that kind of almost jumped on the bandwagon. Some of them were were glory seekers, really. They wanted to be known as the first person to have um, discovered a place and sort of immortalised their names in that way. Uh, and there was a there was a uh, I think he was French, a guy called Charney. Um, he he went to uh, he went to a place called this place Yachiman, which is only um, um, accessible by river. Um, in uh, 1882, really thought he'd been he was going to be the first person there. And, and when he got there, he found out that this uh, Englishman had already taken up residence in the ruins. And this is a guy called, called Maudsley, Alfred Percival Maudsley, um, who's a former former diplomat. And, and he's he a very significant. Was the kind of he came after Stevens and Catherwood, but again, he did some great work and. Um, um, and his name deserves to be remembered uh, in, in the same breath as Stevens and Catherwood. And he was very much a serious archaeologist as well, wasn't he, Maudsley? Indeed, yes, he was. Yes, yeah, yeah. He did a lot, he did a lot of extraordinary work. I think he was he made several visits, uh, um, six or seven times. I think he went out and and, and worked in all, all the great sites so in Yachtchiland, which I've mentioned, but Chichen Itza, which is a very famous site in Yucatan, and of course Palenque. That we've already talked about. And the investigations into Mayan culture are very, very much still ongoing, aren't they? Well, I, I the, the amazing thing um, uh, that I discovered was that in the 20th century they've continued. Um, and um, I have a sort of personal connection, but just by chance, before I was going out to Mexico, I ran into someone at a party who turned out to be the daughter um, of a chap called Giles Healy. And Healy, uh, in 1946, discovered a mine site called Bonampak, um, which is again, in, it's in Chapas, but near the border of Guatemala. Um, uh, and that's remarkable for the fact that it has these extraordinary murals in a small temple. And uh, these murals, um, the like of which had not been seen before, changed um, uh, the academic view of the Maya. Um, they're, they're particularly bloodthirsty, bloodthirsty and it made people rethink the um, the whole idea of the Maya, which um, up to that point they'd been regarded as a reasonably peaceable people, but um, the, the, the mural showed another side to them. And for that reason, Bonampak is a very famous site. It wasn't discovered until, or discovered, by discovered we mean discovered by Westerners, mm-hmm. wasn't discovered until uh, 1946. And, and these discoveries are ongoing, as you say. And Bonampak, the, these remarkable murals that you talk about, have actually been reproduced in, in the National Museum of anthropology in Mexico City. That's absolutely correct. They've, they've recreated the temple in, in, in the museum, and this is one of the highlights of the museum. Um, the colours, of course, when you go to the real thing on, on, on site, the colours are faded and are, are damaged. And uh, um, I mean, there's no substitute for the real thing, but um, in, in the Archaeological Museum in Mexico City, uh, there is this recreation. And it does give you a sense of how they, how they must have looked when they'd first been done, and they are absolutely extraordinary. And, of course, we had an encounter... Um, indeed, one that went viral, uh, very much a global encounter with Mayan civilization, when there was talk of the Mayan ca- calendar and the apocalypse of, at the end of last year. Um, but this yeah, was indeed, actually based uh, the, on the, the, long count, the Mayan long count, the way that they had of, um, of, uh, of counting time, almost as controlling time. They had a very extraordinary attitude to time. Um, but uh, as we know, this was this was a cycle of time. It wasn't the end of time. And of course, I think people jumped on the bandwagon a bit uh, over that. And uh, Certainly the tourist authorities are pretty pleased about it because um, they had a lot of extra visitors last year. But um, uh, there's no question that they are. They are remarkable places and 
With one or two exceptions, Chichen Itza does get a lot of people, but the other sites don't really get that many visitors. And you can have them to yourself, and you can it, it, you can you get near to the feeling that these people must have had people like Stevens and Castlewood and Maudsley when they were um, there 150 years ago. Well, it's an extraordinary story, and I think it's one that's still little known. This long encounter with the mine, as well as Mayan civilization itself, um, we've got some great images of both Palenque, the city. The illustrations, Cuthbert's illustrations, as well as um, the murals. And uh, so thank you for that, Nigel. It's a terrific read, and it's in the May edition of History Today. Thank you. Thank you.